Hey there, listeners. I interviewed a, a wonderful guest. Her name is Valerie Trapinski. And Valerie uh, has spent seven plus years working as a top level personal assistant and chief of staff for A list celebrities, CEOs, and high net worth individuals. And what Valerie discovered that she could bring on the same level of excellent service to individuals, entrepreneurs, and small business owners. And that's the foundation of her organization, her business, which is called Chatter Boss. And that's how it's built on. And Valerie and I talked about interesting things. And the title of the episode is How to Become a Master Delegator. And the important thing here was a lot of people have a mindset of hanging on to everything and trying to a control things but also trying to be everything to everybody and uh, we talked about how we can delegate to others and actually let go and then the other thing too was that great leaders actually inspire us is something else that we talked about and the thing here is that that we talked about was the ability for an organization to row in the same direction because if they're not rowing in the same direction, it doesn't matter what seat you have on the boat. The boat isn't going to go very well, isn't going to perform well. An organization is not going to perform well. So fantastic conversation with Valerie. So sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Leadership is Changing podcast. I have a fantastic guest with me today. Her name is Valerie Trapinski. Valerie, a massive welcome to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Now, whereabouts in the world are you today? Today, I am in Florida. I'm physically in Florida. My heart is in New York. I just moved six months ago. <laughs> oh, wow. You just moved? Yes. Wow. And your heart's still there in New York, huh? Still there. <laughs> yeah. How long were you living in New York for? 25 years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's a big change for you. Huh? It is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so thanks for sharing that. So we're going to be talking about leadership and leadership is changing and so forth. Now, before we go any further, I've given the listeners a little bit of an introduction to you. Tell us more about you. Well, thank you. So my background is that I was a personal assistant and a chief of staff and I kind of fell into that role. I started my career in advertising. I thought that I would stay in advertising forever, but leadership is changing. Life is changing. Your career plans are changing. And I got an opportunity to work as a personal assistant and later on become a chief of staff. And it wasn't the trajectory that I had planned for myself, like I think happens to a lot of entrepreneurs, but it ended up being the right one for me. I was in that role for six years and I got exposure to some fascinating lifestyles. I had an opportunity to work for A-list celebrities and high net worth individuals. And what I saw in those households is that those individuals leveraged assistants and other staff in a way that I had never imagined. 
they were able to create for themselves so much more time, so much more leverage, so much more opportunity because they were all master delegators. And being in that role, I was inspired to start Chatterboss to be able to bring that same level of support and education to small businesses and entrepreneurs, people that are you know, carrying our economy on their backs and to show them that it can be easier, it can be done in other ways. And so that's how my company Chatterboss was born. Well, this is awesome. And this is the reason I wanted to get you onto the, onto the podcast, because I think that there is a lot of people out there today who are trying to be everything to everybody. And so they're not masters of delegation, as you said, like the others are. And pretty fascinating that you work with some A-listers and some of the other very successful people as well. And the question I've got for you, and it's all related to this, tell us more about Chatterboss. What do you do in this organization? How does it help people? I'd love to know more. Yeah, so we are a remote executive assistance service. We work with entrepreneurs and business owners, and we give them access to a dedicated team of virtual assistants that are able to help them in their day-to-day. And what makes Chatterboss unique is that we are more than just task doers. A lot of people think about virtual assistants or remote assistants as, I'll tell you what to do and you'll do it. And that is certainly a part of delegation. But what we bring to the table is to be your thought partner, your right hand, to give you the opportunity to become replaceable in your business by starting to copy parts of your brain and your decision making so that you are not always the one doing all the things. So your assistant is more of like a chief of staff level offering than what you would imagine with a virtual assistant offering. Yeah, because I agree with what you're saying. I think with a remote uh, assistant or a virtual assistant, a lot of it is that we have to have what they call SOPs. Mm-hmm. They have to systemize. We have to have processes to operationally work and, and go like that and show them and record how we do it so then they can learn. And for a lot of them, they don't know. They, they tend to just follow the processes and that's it. And I, I think what you're doing is fantastic because you do want someone who can think outside the square, someone who can actually understand who I am and what I'm wanting and where I'm going. And that is very, very, very cool. And so, yeah, very good. And I understand you've got a book coming out as well. Yes. So my book, Delegation Nation, a labor of love for the last four years, is coming out on August 29th. It is the culmination of what I have learned from working with entrepreneurs, working with assistants, and analyzing the relationships that work from the relationships that don't work. Every time we hire a new assistant, we ask them questions. And as they remain with us, we continue to ask them different questions about what works for them, what doesn't. And we want to educate the entrepreneur on what is going to make them the best possible client so that the assistants that they have are inspired to do their best for them. And by the same token, the book also speaks to assistance in helping them understand the perspective of the entrepreneur, how they can best serve these leaders so that they can bring their visions into the world with the assistance help. Oh, that's cool. So it's coming from both perspectives. Yes. Yeah, nice. I like that. That's very good. Thank you. Hey, um, 
that's a real interesting background that you've just shared there with us about, okay, 25 years in New York, now I just moved to Florida, pretty cool. And also the fact that you've come from a background and then what you've gone and done is taking your strengths there and gone and started a business to help other people too. Fascinating people you would have worked with. They've, you've learned that they were the masters of delegations and of delegation and how to do that. But now you've got a book coming out called Delegation Nation and you've got a, a business called Cheddar Boss and that's how it's all related. Brilliant. Great way. It's excellent. So listeners, there you go. If you're thinking about what you do on a daily basis today and if you can turn that into a business for yourself yep. to help others, I think it's really cool. Zig Ziglar is a guy who's from the past who talked about sales and so forth and he always says, that if you can help enough people get what they want, then you'll be successful as well. And I think that's what you're doing here, Valerie, is you're helping other people, of course, through your business to get them to be successful and, and take things probably off their plate and to allow them to get on with other things too. Absolutely. A hundred percent. There's not a shortage of things on our plate. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you actually get into leadership yourself? I don't know if there are other leaders and must be the case that have this dream for themselves that I'm going to be a leader one day, right? Versus the part of the population that just kind of falls into it by default through the actions that they're taking. I think that for me, my approach to leadership inside of Chatterboss is that of really servant leadership. And I think it's because of the nature of the business that we do that this is also my leadership style and all of that is kind of intertwined together because we are in a service-based business. And so what I know very deeply at my core is that I cannot do what I'm doing and I cannot accomplish my mission without the people in my organization. And so I lean on that very strongly. And well, in the beginning, there was no people. And so, you know, I guess, when do you really become a leader, right? At which moment can you really call yourself that? And I think that it's, you know, baby steps, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you're, you're creating your organization. A lot of the time you start on your own. So when do you get to wear that title? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's great because you're right. There's so many people who, who do, who are like that and, and not sure. And then they have to build this team. You know how you talked about the mass of delegation before with other people that you've seen do it really well? And I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of people out there that don't do it very well or don't do it at all, right? Because a lot of them try to, oh, no, this can't happen because it's me. And, and I know of someone in particular I'm thinking about right now who's a friend of ours who doesn't want to let go of things and is always trying to hang on to them. Now, their yeah. business is going to be limited by, the growth of their business will be limited by what they can do. Yeah. The master delegation, if we can just pick up on that on that topic there itself, what makes them do it so well? Or what do they do to be the master of delegation? It's a wonderful question. So there's a lot of differences that separate the great from the people that will be great one day, but they need to flex their muscle and step into knowing that they're going to be in this capacity and, and they're going to be delegators. And a big part of it is the mindset piece. I noticed that people that I would consider are master delegators, they're going to delegate 10 things and six of them are going to go right and four of them are going to go wrong and they're going to over-index on the six that went right and they're going to say, that saved me 
X amount of hours that I would have been doing. And so I consider this a success. The four that didn't go right, it's not the end of the world. I'm going to optimize and we're going to do it better. The people that struggle with delegation, and a lot of the times it's people who also struggle with control, which is a lot of entrepreneurs, they will get nine tasks that worked well and one that didn't go well. And they're going to dwell on the one that didn't go well. And they're not going to think about how much time. So over indexing on how much time you actually saved. And then, of course, always giving clear feedback and optimizing your process, not sitting with it and saying, who cares? You know, those four went in the garbage. No, but we're going to optimize it to make it better. But I know that delegation overall was a success. Wow. So in other words, learn from what we've done that may not have gone well, but also learn from what did go well and then just build on it as well and, and build on that strength struggle of control and i think it's also this trust thing too right so do i trust you with this piece of work it's my brand it's my baby it's my business uh, and things like that hmm interesting yeah really really cool i, I wanted to ask that question because i just feel like there is probably a lot of listeners right now thinking about delegation or trying to do things doesn't matter what size of their organization or what level they're at but if they just let go a little bit and hand over you know what they might be quite surprised and what comes back. Now, here's a question for you. This person could be alive or from history. Who's your favorite leader and why? My favorite leader, and maybe this is a common favorite leader, but she's so amazing, is Oprah. I'm inspired by her at every touch point. This is somebody whose written language I read and inspires me into action. It's someone whose shows I watch and podcasts I listen to. And I am always immediately inspired into action. And I think that great leaders are the ones that inspire us, that make us want to do more, that make us want to improve. And they do it from a place of love. And I think that that's, you know, that's her brand and that's how she puts herself out in the world and that's what she gives. And yeah, I, I think that she's incredible and uh, a real inspiration. Nice. And I think they need to be there to be inspiring people, right? It's like people you hire into an organization, they should already be motivated. Your role is to inspire them. And, and you're right. I think she does do that beautifully. Have you met Oprah, Oprah before? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I like that. Not yet. But um, if you were two to sit down on a park bench, having a cup of coffee together, what would be yeah. one question you want to ask her? It's such a good question. I think that... Being in this conversation about leadership, and a lot of us look at these giants in the leadership space, and what we need sometimes as entrepreneurs of, you know, companies of varying sizes is, you know, there's a lot in our heads that goes on. There's a lot of second guessing that happens for all of us. And so I would love to know when were the moments that, you know, she didn't feel like she could go on as a leader, mm. right? And what did she say to herself, you know, in those moments to, to get past that? Did she ever doubt her leadership skills? Mm. Some really cool questions there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, can you just make sure you do meet her and ask those questions, please? <laughs> That'll be really good. <laughs> we need to know the answers. <laughs> yeah, very good. Now, the show here is called Leadership is Changing. When I mentioned that title or that statement, what does it mean for you? So when I was writing my book, one thing that came up is that 
leadership is changing. Our world is changing. The expectations of employers are changing. And I think that beyond like leadership is changing, but there is a demand for leadership. And what I mean is, I think that before there were opportunities to be in leadership positions without bringing the leadership benefits, because there was a world that had much more golden handcuffs. People would stay in roles because, you know, insurance and, you know, stable salaries and lack of alternatives. But today in a world with so many alternatives, I think that there is no choice now but for leaders to become really amazing leaders and those that don't kind of you know follow the io psychology that that don't bring to their teams what is needed they're going to lose their teams right and you're going to get feedback really fast I, I think that that's the biggest thing over the last you know decades what's been changing in this space and it may be feedback that you don't want to get but you know mm-hmm. there's going to be feedback and it's going to be straight there yeah. in your face because you know things haven't happened and so you're right and this i think a lot of people it's golden handcuffs what actually finding mm-hmm. valerie is that when i'm talking to various leaders around the world quite a lot of them are bored they they've been bored in their job for 18 months but i go but have a sec haven't you been taking your salary every month boom and goes that beautiful piece of money every single month even though you're not bringing your a game to the table mm-hmm. and they're like yep but i'm like okay Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, because we are living in a world that's changing so fast, and maybe mm-hmm. you've, you've seen this in the book when you're writing it, but also with the people that you're working with, life is getting faster, whether it be with technology, data, business, social, whatever it is, it's getting faster. What makes a leader successful today in this fast-paced, ever-changing world? Probably eliminating distractions. And not just for ourselves as leaders, but for our teams as well. Now, our teams are prone to distractions, to working on things that aren't possibly meaningful for the business. You can have a super motivated team that takes a lot of action and works really hard. And at the end of the day, you're not all rowing in the same direction. And it is the leader's responsibility to get everybody aligned and then to also say, hey, don't put your attention here, right? Don't get distracted by the shiny new thing here. And so we have a a responsibility, not just for ourselves, but to do this for our teams. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people get caught out by that next shiny thing, right? Boom. They're off there to Mm -hmm. go and do this thing. And there's a new social media platform coming out right now. And everyone's, oh, we got to get onto that one. I don't know, but but I haven't got onto it yet because I don't know. This just another, is it another shiny thing? I don't know. We'll see. I don't know, but I always go just in case. Just in case. <laughs> That's my personality. <laughs> just going to put my toe in the water just in case. Yeah, I don't want to miss out. Yeah. And there's a lot of that is probably around FOMO as well, right? The fear of missing out. But yeah, you're right. I mean, what you're saying there as well is that if they all can row in the right direction, in the same direction, that's a really, a really important thing. But there is a lot of shiny things out there that, there's a lot of noise oh, yeah. out there, as the way I call it, that actually distracts people from certain things. At the end of the day, what are the one, two, or three things that we need to get done and stay focused on that, even though there's a whole lot of things that keep coming flying at us, which is, you know, interesting. 
Now, you and I have been talking it through the lens of leadership. Now, if we were to change lens and think it from an employee's perspective, and you sort of mentioned it a little bit before as well, how has employees' expectations of leaders changed? Yeah, I think that employees just have a lot more expectations of their leaders. I think that the more aware leaders there are, the more exposure our teams have to those kind of individuals, the higher their standards become. And that's an amazing thing because if you have a team that has really high standards of you, then you don't have a choice but to level up. And I think that before we were in a world of kind of do as I say across all the different things, including leaders to their employees, it is now I need to listen to you and I want to listen to you. And the team wants to be heard. And I think that people are now much more sensitive when those expectations aren't met, when they aren't really heard, when their talents are wasted inside of an organization. People are now very quick to look to somewhere else. And so it's enormous. It's an enormous amount of pressure for leaders today. Massive amount of pressure. It's huge in the sense that there is a microscope on them all the time and they're being looked at and listened to. And, and if they're not doing something a certain way, they get called out. They're like, hey, something's not right here. Um, so there's, there is a lot of pressure. So I actually, the way I look, look at it as well, Valerie, is that it's a bit like if you want to be a high-performing leader, like a high-performing athlete, you just can't sit there and be just because you got here now and expect that's going to carry you for the next five years, 10 years. It can't happen. It's the same with an assistant. For you to be a great assistant and do things, you've got to keep developing yourself and keep growing and keep putting yourself out there to learn from different scenarios. Mm -hmm. And as you said before, some of it works and some of it doesn't, but that's where we learn. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really interesting to see how that expectations changed a lot. And I think that what you said before about the high standards of yourself and then you need to lead up, level up because a lot of people are expecting those high standards is really quite interesting because their expectations of leaders has grown and they want, they want top-notch leaders. They want to work for them. They want to grow with them. They want to learn from them. So pretty cool. Yeah. And you have to check your ego at the door, right? Perhaps for those of us starting our you know, leadership journey you know, in the last five to seven years without any leadership experience before, it was already going into that direction. So it is more possibly intuitive or natural, but for individuals that have been at it for 30, 40 years, and it was a different world. And I think that that's a lot of work on yourself. That's a lot of your ego probably coming up and saying, what? And every time there's probably these conversations of like, no, no, quiet, quiet now, <laughs> because that's the only way to grow. So it's, it's a wonderful change, but I imagine that it's really challenging. Yeah, and I think it is. And, and for a lot of people, they're finding it difficult. And it's because they have become or they are becoming irrelevant. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they haven't changed enough or mm -hmm. they need to change. and. They've got this wonderful skill set, this massive experience, a lot of war stories, which is great. But then how have they changed with the times to stay up with the times? And they need to do that. And that's where a lot of them are afraid of becoming irrelevant and then left, being left behind. And it's not an easy thing to do. 
quite hard to, to witness people go through it, but it's also they can change it if they want to. They can. Sometimes, yeah. as you say, it's the ego, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, if we can get you to get your crystal ball out here now and think about the future, yeah. where do you see yeah. leadership being in five years? Five years. I think that the trajectory that we're on is already so accelerated. Like I have whiplash after COVID. I used to think that cycle, you know, took some time. But now I see that, you know, the world changes in the blink of an eye. And in, you know, and in a year, you can have a completely different world. So to be honest, I, I'm looking into the next five years with a lot of curiosity. I think that the trends that we are seeing now, we will continue to see and grow. I think that, you know, as younger people enter the, you know, the workplace and their expectations, younger generations, you know, how do we as leaders provide for them? How do we, how do we maintain environments that both have the culture that we want and have the ability to access the KPIs that we need and the growth goals and like, how do we merge that? So I'm approaching it with a lot of curiosity and I don't know where it's going to be in five years, to be honest. Yeah. And I think five years is actually quite long based yeah. on what you just said, right? The trajectory yeah. is really accelerating, going fast. And so five years is actually quite a long yeah. time nowadays. Yeah. 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 And so... Oh, well, it's exciting. Where's it all going to go? We, we just wait and see and hold on tight, but go for it as well. I think yeah. it's going to be really important. And if there was one thing that you wanted to say to leaders, in particular for those who are trying to do too much for themselves yeah. or trying to do too much for the organization, and they should really look at maybe getting some people to, around them to support them and help them, what would you say to them? There is a monumental amount of pressure on leaders. and sometimes we make things more difficult for ourselves than we have to. One thing that I have been looking at a lot in the realm of delegation is accepting your natural characteristics, your natural traits, your natural personality. And in the space of delegation, you can be completely yourself by finding the right team that's going to carry you. And so for those leaders that struggle with organization, it's nothing wrong. You are in your position for the brilliant talents that you're bringing in specific areas. But if organization is a challenge, then it is your job to find the support that you need. And on the flip side, those leaders who are hyper-organized, in fact, I've found have an even harder time delegating. And so because for them, they see organizational structure and it's very hard for someone to live in to their expectations. And then I would say it is also their job to be able to delegate and find the right support that they need, because not only does it free up the time for them, but it shows to the team that they also should be focusing on their a-list items. They should be focusing on their A-list talents and they should also be encouraged to delegate as well. So leading by example in that world is huge. No, I love it. That's awesome. There you go, listeners. Fantastic stuff that Valerie's been sharing. If you haven't taken notes, go back and listen to this episode again and, and take more notes. 
Valerie, if our listeners are wanting to get a hold of you, where should they go? Yeah, so our website is chatterbossboss.com. And by the way, on the website, there's going to be a pop-up. You can take our delegation self-assessment so you can see where you rank amongst other entrepreneurs in your delegation score. And it's going to give you some ideas on how to improve your delegation. So I would really encourage you. We meet very few master delegators that fall into the top 10%. So if you're one of them, I want you to take it as well so that we have an opportunity to get connected. And uh, of course, it would be great to connect on LinkedIn as well. I'm always putting out content about how to best work with an assistant. So would love to have an opportunity for that closer connection with the listeners. Oh, that's exciting. So we'll put all that into the show notes. So we'll have the the website, the the LinkedIn profile. Everything's going to be there in the in the show notes. So check that out, listeners. Valerie, once again, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. There you go, listeners. Become the master of delegation. Great leaders inspire people and that we all need to row in the same direction. So the world changes in the blink of an eye. So don't get left behind or become irrelevant. Just make sure you get the right people around you to help you. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's episode. It's always a pleasure being with you. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 